listening to the Fish on Ted podcast with your host, Ted Johnson. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. It's uh, roughly the beginning of April in 2020. If you uh, go back to your calendar, if you're a few years ahead, uh, you'll remember that this is the time that the virus sort of kept us off the rivers and the waters. And so as an industry and as sportsmen, we're sort of biting at the bit all across the nation, just waiting for them to open things back up so we can go wet a line. Uh, Today, I have got a special guest, someone that I see his name everywhere, but he and I have never met until today. And so it's been kind of fun to get to know him. Um, But without further ado, it's JT from Short Bus Flashers. JT, are you there? I am. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, my my pleasure, man. This is a a whole lot of fun. JT, um, you are kind of a, a West Coast icon when it comes to fishing gear and equipment on the West Coast, and you're expanding nationwide. But Give us a little bit of history about you and Short Bus Flashers and, um, and, and your products and that sort of thing. Well, this is, this is our 10th year going into business there, um, doing fishing lures, the, the triangle flashers in both the 8-inch and the 5.5-inch size, along uh-huh. with the Super Series, which are the 360 rotating flashers. We also offer spinners and then the different accessories to go along with your salmon, salmon fishing needs. Awesome. How in the world did you get into this business? I'm just curious. It was an absolute accident. Um, One of my friends invited me to go out salmon fishing with him and his father on his father's boat and had some flashers on and I immediately snagged up and broke it off. Well, come to find out you couldn't find the colors that he was looking for at the time. And I like to be a handy guy and make my own tackle. And I decided, you know, I can make these for you. And went down to the store and picked up some plastic and bent it and found some different reflective tapes that I thought put one together and took it back the next day. And they weren't that pretty there, but he was, he obligated there and said, yeah, I'll go ahead and fish those. And a couple of days later called up, said, Hey, they caught some fish there. Would you mind doing in this other color and headed down to the craft store again, found the colors that I was looking for. And all of a sudden his friends were calling to see if they could make some for it. So just grew from that point. Wow, so you're doing this all out of your house. Yes, um, still, we're just about ready to build our shop and move out, and uh-huh. this nice virus took all that opportunity away. So and we sheltered in place also and decided just to hold on because we weren't sure what the season was going to do. Yeah. So hopefully next year we're gonna, we'll get out, of the, get out of the house, but this year we're just ducking and covering, I think, is what everybody's doing right now. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. So I'm just curious, JT, how, how often do you get to go out and test your products? I, I honestly don't fish much for springers. Um, I take really? most of the time that I, that I have in the springtime to, to get ahead for the fall season. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe three or four trips for springers. And then fall fish, that's when I, that's when I take all the vacation time and I, I take my, my haul passes from my wife and get out there and fish every weekend as, as much as possible. Absolutely. So that's, 
that's usually August through October is my, is my big time. So I work as hard as I can at the beginning of the season. That way I can get out there when the, when the fall season comes around, when it's nice and warm. Now, when you say you get out, it, it, you're, you're headed to Bowie 10. Is that where you spend most of your time? Bowie 10. And then um, we have a, we have a piece of property along the coast. So uh -huh. there's a, we have a place right on the river. So it's nice to nice and quiet there where I can test products there, test colors and, different series so that's, mm -hmm. that's the hideaway there oh good for you man good good for you well i'm just curious what's the biggest fish you've caught on uh using one of your uh one, uh, uh, one of your flashers my personal is 32 pounds that's a nice fish. so that's that was the that was the biggest one that i've had um the the biggest one that we've we've had in my boat was 40 pounds there and i i couldn't stop shaking when i saw the fish there it, it was it was an amazing specimen. Wow, no kidding. How yeah. long ago was that? Oh, three years now. Really? And it 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 hit on my buddy's rod and we all looked at it and thought, okay, that's not a no big deal. We left the other rods in and all of a sudden the line took off and away we went. It was it was amazing. It was a it was a great fight, but I wish it was on my rod, unfortunately, and he wouldn't hand it off when he saw how big it was. So I <laughs> Not very sharing at all. Yeah, so you were the spectator and probably ran the net, huh? Exactly. No, I, I had to run the motor there. They they didn't want me to run the net that way if I knocked it off that I didn't want to get blamed forever from that uh, one. Yeah, so true. So true. <laughs> holy, holy mackerel, that's a big fish. That's incredible, man. Man, you, you've, you've really gone through a transgression, not a transgression, but a, a, a progression yourself over the last 10 years about not knowing much about salmon fishing to being one of the so-called experts out there? It was, there was a lot of questions asked. Um, I have a, a great group of group of friends that was very willing to share um, right out of the gates that, that helped me that explained this is, this is, this is the theory that we fish with there. And mm -hmm. whenever I would put out a color there that, that was really harebrained because of the research that I did on, on how colors look underwater. There's, there's different reasons why you use different colors in, in sequence with other ones there. And they were, they were nice enough to take me out on their boats before I, before I had my own to be able to test. And it was, it was nice to get the feedback from all those people. And, and, and it's, it's the local guides that really helped me out. That's, that's the on the water saying, Hey, try this, do this. So you, I have professionals that are actually leading the way to say, this is, this is working come out with this style here, able to test it quickly and then get it out to the market. So it's, right. it's been a real blessing having the, the support of the guide industry in this area with that. Yeah, no kidding. So not only do you need to have a background in colors and refraction and, and all that, but it, it's, it sounds like you, you need to understand the engineering and, and hydraulics of things and, and that sort of thing. Do you have that background or is that just something you picked up? just picked up um really? it's it's a lot of a lot of color theories it's it's reading it was there's a there's a great book out called what fish see that's really good that kind of got me started down the right path of of explaining how colors react as as deep as they get deeper in the water column the less water that mm -hmm. or excuse me the less light that's in the water that then a color may not refract and that's what i was saying is if you use a chartreuse color with a red, the it doesn't. After a certain point, they both look like the same color, just a different 
grayscale of each other, but knowing that to be able to pair them together for certain water, certain depths, that's where you start getting successful with, with different flashers, different colors for different water, water um, areas. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, a lot of theory on there, a lot of reading and then with the testing and again, the help of the guides has been great. Um, it, it's been a huge learning curve though. And I, I really enjoy the research part of it. They're just coming up with an idea, bantering around with, with the guys on the boat saying, what do you think of this? Trying it. If it works great. And I, I admit there's a lot of, lot of different colors that went to the, the wayside, just didn't produce for where we were at. So it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely a trial and error, but there's, there's a lot of theory behind, behind some of the, the different color combinations that we put together. Yeah. So on, on the 360, you have fins on, on uh, that particular flasher, do you not? I mean, did, did you start out with, with fins on that or is that something you, you added? Nope. It's a, it is a, it looks like the, the original Dodgers that have been out for years and years um, went uh -huh. with the dual fins. And what that affords us is, is versus some of my, the competitors in the market with the single fin, you have to move a little bit quicker to get them to roll over where mm -hmm. mine with the two fins, they start, they start the rollover process at a slower speed. Um, it allows for a little bit bigger bait, a little bit bigger presentation without just laying flat. So it still gives them the action. So just that second, that second blade just gives a little bit more, I, I'll call it traction in water. If that's, if that's a good terminology, it just gives it, gives it a place for it to dig in, start mm -hmm. its motion. And that's what, that's what gets you into the into the moving of your baits and your lures and all of that stuff uh -huh. but okay. they are they are a big rotating about a three foot wide circle and that's where you'll see the trolling of the flies the the herring the small spinners and they get jerked around and the salmon seem to love it i'll be darned yeah it it, uh, it, it, it seems like it adds like you were saying a lot of attractant but then with that motion going on there that uh, that can sure pull in a whole lot of fish that you uh you might just blast by if you're just doing a straight troll. And the theory that, and, and I, I've, I've, I'm the first one to admit that I overthink and, and try and think like a fish. And I, I know I overthink this, but the idea that we came up with was that it, it's mimicking a salmon feeding there as they dart in and out of the bait balls. Like they're yeah. actively looking for, for a bait. So that's at least the idea of why they're working so good is it it's, competitive nature of the fish is to say it, there must be another fish over there going after this bait. I need to go inspect and, and get to that uh, bait before my, my, the other fish that's in there, that way I can eat. So I don't know, again, I don't know if it's overthinking it there, but that's, that's the reason that we came up with why the, why the rotating flashers are working so well. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Now, now you had, do you, you have a pro staff group that uh, you rely on for, um, you know, your, your feedback and that sort of thing? I do. There's a lot of the, a lot of the local guides here, um, touch base with them on a regular basis. Um, very, very good about it, It's, it's amazing when, when a guide, when I send out some colors there, we'll have a chat in the evening times. I'll tape them up, get them out the next day before they can even respond. I'll have another guy calling me up and saying, Hey, so-and-so was catching fish on that, on this colored flasher. And immediately, you know, that one's a working one because they were watching, watching somebody else catch fish. So the feedback uh, is so important because the, 
anywhere from from northern Oregon all the way up through Washington to get that feedback on an on a daily basis to say this color's working this is the this is the water that I was experiencing this is what I noticed it's it's really excelled the the learning curve for me and the business mm -hmm. well that's pretty cool that that, that you can you can respond so quickly also, I mean, and, and taping, taking, uh, taping them up and getting them out the next day to people and that sort of thing. That's amazing. Huh? Yeah. The, I learned that at a, at a very early part of the business is guides are, are the lifeblood of what I do. It's, I don't get to fish all the different waters out there. I just don't have that luxury. So the professionals that are out there, it's, it's nice to get a, to get a second set of eyes on what they're seeing. They're, they're going to notice nuances that, that even I may miss or vice versa, just mm -hmm. to get that feedback to work back and forth together. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do right now with, with like we were talking about the Great Lakes. It's getting together a, a team of guides that's, that are willing to share their knowledge there to work with me to get that perfect, that perfect color dialed in for that, for their region also to try and move over to there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. What, what, what type of, of uh, or length of rod or characteristics of a rod do you suggest uh, when they're trolling your gear? With the triangle flashers, um, I generally like a ten and a half foot rod. Usually, a a slow action, which means that the the power is more towards the butt of it. There, you get the nice long bend in it. The reason why we're using, why I prefer using the longer rods with the with that sort of an action is it lets the lets the salmon eat the bait without feeling the resistance of the rod there that way they can chew on it follow it and not get the the feel that this is not that something is wrong when you're using the the 360 flashers you're using a heavier rod where there's more of a faster action in the tip you don't want the the rod to have that much of a bend because you want it to have a pop to make it rotate over if it's too spongy, the, the flasher doesn't spin around as quickly. It doesn't get the pop to make your bait move around. So you're using a lot stiffer rod with a fast tip. And that gives the, the snapping action that you need to get those to roll over correctly to, to jerk the bait around to attract the fish. So it mm -hmm. depends on which, which type of flasher you're using. Um, but usually it's a 10 and a half foot rod. That way it's, it's a little bit more forgiving if somebody's not as good on the rod. If you have somebody new on there, gives it gives them more of a bend that way the fish just doesn't let up the pressure on the line as quickly with some of the shorter rods right right i'll be darned well that makes sense so so what's next for uh, sh short bus flashers what do you uh, what do you got uh, on the drawing board now looking at different different targeted fish now so obviously salmon salmon is having up and down years or in a down year right now returns are a little bit low so um, walleye has been a, a big deal here in Oregon, Washington. Kokanee has also been exploding. So just need to do a little bit more research. How can we, how can we venture into that, that part of the, the fishing category there? Mm -hmm. And then also the guys that are going out into the salt. What do, what do they need out there in the salt that we're not providing already also? That's, mm -hmm. that's, another, that's another big targeted market. Like tuna and that sort of thing? Is that... Um... Um, those types of uh, those type of predatory fish are what you're looking at, or even the the bottom fishing. There's specialty specialty attractors there for the bottom fish, like the halibut, for instance, or even just the the rockfish. It's nice to have just mess right. around with different types of lures that may may get you a couple more fish a day, or attract a bigger lingcod or whatever you're looking for. Right, right. 
Well, and, and I just thought of something, uh, knowing Oregon a little bit anyway, um, aren't, aren't there some fairly decent uh, shallow halibut beds outside of Garibaldi or some, somewhere out there? There is. There's a, there is a, a fishery, the shallow water um, halibut fishing. So that's, mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the inland one there that that's definitely has enough light down there that could use some sort of an attractor to, to bringing the fish in. So that would right. definitely be some place to, to looking at where, where I can excel into those, those type of attractors where there's still a little bit light getting down there. Um, definitely. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and you, you had also mentioned walleye. And um, gosh, we have a gem in the, in the Northwest, do we not, that is sort of uh, uh, doesn't get the recognition that it should. One of these days that we're going to get out of the Columbia, uh, I believe, the world record walleye. I think it's just a matter of time now. But uh, the rest I, of the world. I completely just agree. Yeah, for walleye. And gosh, what a great market yeah. that will be. It, it's amazing. It's been the last couple of years. That's that's been a hot um, a hot fishery that's starting to pick up. A lot of the guides are adding that to their arsenal. Um, mm -hmm. Probably five or six years ago, it was maybe one or two guides, but now it seems like each each guide actually takes a couple of trips a year, especially yeah. above the dams in the Tri Cities area, which is central central Washington, um, where the water is a little bit slower. It's there's some pretty big fish that are coming out of there and. And the guides that are in that area that are using the flashers for the salmon are, they're chattering about it all the time. And I know that some of the people from the Great Lakes have been coming back this way just to be able to target the larger fish that we have here. So it's, yeah. it's definitely an up and coming fishery for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I don't think people really realize how good we have it in the Northwest, you know, on, on let's say Lake Erie. Uh, Lake Erie has a, you know, it has a five, uh, um, walleye limit where I, the Columbia, I don't, I still don't think there's a limit to it. Is there? No, they're still an invasive species. So as of right now, there's, there's not a limit. Um, I know that the guides are kicking back certain size fish just because they're breeder size. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I, I, as far as I know, there's not a limit. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, what a, what a great, a great opportunity for someone to go up, you know, when the, when the, when the fish are hammering it and have a great day on the water. Plus, they're incredible eating. If you look hard enough, there's a fish that you can catch year-round in this in this area. So it, it is a it's a very great place to to have the opportunity to get out there and fish from everything from salmon, steelhead, kokanee to walleye. It's it is there there is an opportunity in in very short distances from where we're at. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're from that area up um, out of Pendleton or some some place like that, are you not? Yep, Milton Freewater is where I grew up, and then moved moved west to the big city of Portland in about '93. Uh -huh. So I, I consider myself a native in Portland, but I'm definitely a small town small town guy at heart. From um, 5,000 people with one stoplight, so it's it was a big move for me. I'll bet. I'll bet. So, were you fishing walleye when you were there? No, I actually only fished trout while I was over there. I, I accidentally hooked into a steelhead while I was trout fishing, and I didn't even realize it at the time what it was. I, I had just usually after school, we lived about three blocks from the, the local river, and we would go down there. We'd catch a handful of grasshoppers, run down there, mm -hmm. and catch, catch as many trout as we wanted to for dinner, and that was it. I, I didn't get into the salmon fishing at all until I moved over here to the, to the west side. And I, 
now looking back, I truly missed out. There's a, there's a lot of great steelhead. There's a lot of great salmon fishing on that side. And that I just had no idea about at the time. Yeah. Well, you've got the Hanford reach there and, and lots of other places where those big, uh, uh, a lot of the, the, the big fish end up and, uh, it, it's too bad you didn't know about that when you were there. Just, just 2020 hindsight now, definitely. It's, but you're right. the The Columbia River has a has a has a good run that goes all the way up all the way up through that area, all the way into Idaho, the Snake River. So, it's the the Indian hatcheries have been doing a great job getting the getting the fish to come back. So, it's it's definitely opportunities all the way up there that I missed growing up. But trout fishing is kind of fun there. It's really it's it's neat to do that once in a while to get back to basics. And mm-hmm. you know you're coming home with a fish. I guess is a nice thing. Where salmon fishing some days you just don't even get a bite on some of the springer slow days. So, so sometimes true. it's nice just to come back a winner. So, so true. I grew up uh, on the McKenzie <laughs> river and uh, just outside of Springfield in Oregon and uh, you know, trout Beautiful fishing. River. Yeah, it's a great place. And, and, you know, I grew up trout fishing and, and, and you're right. Uh, you know, there's lots of other species in that river and I sure like to catch salmon and steal that out of it. But it's just kind of fun to get out and, and knock around and catch a few trout, uh, you know, in an afternoon or something like that. And, and it uh, brings back memories. It, it sure does. And me and, my, me and my good fishing friends there, we were talking about that too. And it's, it's, some days it's not necessarily about catching. It's just more getting the time to spend with them where it's just quiet. You can actually have a, have a conversation, no pressure from the outside world. Just enjoy hanging out with your friends. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. It's not necessarily that you have to kill a fish. It's just... It's nice to hang out with buddies and friends. That's so true. That's so true. So where, in, in, in regards to retail stores and that sort of thing, where, uh, uh, where are you selling your, uh, uh, your products out of right now, J.D.? A lot of the retail stores here, again, on the, on the West Coast, there are Sportsman's Warehouse, um, Bob's Sporting Goods, Fishfield. A lot, of the, a lot of the smaller mom-and-pop stores up and down the coast um, have been great supporters. Um, Dick's and Bymart also carry it. And then on the yeah. website, the shortbusplashers.com. Very good. Very good. Well, now, Dan, did you mention Cabela's? I thought I saw something on, on the internet about your, your products are now in Cabela's. That is correct. It's, they've, they've just picked me up there. So it's, they've, they're, they're starting to expand the line. Although it's, it's been, it's kind of a neat phone call to get when you're, when you're just in a small a small business like this to get a call from a big a big store like that so that is that is one of the newer the newer stores that did pick us up yes well congratulations that's a big win for you uh people don't quite understand the process that uh, you have to go through when you're dealing with a big retailer like that it's they they are they're much larger than what i am there so it is definitely intimidating the first phone call that you get absolutely there great great to work with though great to work with yeah yeah so true so true well again congratulations congratulations on that so well jt we want to thank you so much for spending time with us today um in regards to how people contact you um what's the the name of the url of the website and is there a phone number or email address they can reach out to you at there's both. It's shortbusflashers.com. And on our contact page, you can contact us via email or phone call. We're available Monday through Friday, 9, 9 a.m. till 5 p.m. Pacific time. 
Love mm-hmm. to love to chat fishing with you there. And if you have a, a custom color that you just think up there, draw it out on a napkin, email it over, and I can make it for you. Wow, cool. That's service, man. That's killer. Well, hey, I just uh, wish you the very best. Stay well. It, uh, it's kind of a crazy time. And uh, let's uh, all get through this, and, and we'll meet up on the river sometime. I appreciate your time. Thank you for the opportunity. Okay, thanks, JT.